I'm Danny, That Witch Next Door, and you're listening to That Witch Podcast. Hi, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the very first episode of That Witch Podcast. I am so stoked to be here. Um, It feels really, really, really good to get behind the mic again. It's been a while. I love podcasting. I have thought about starting a podcast for That Witch Next Door, honestly, since I very first launched a little over two years ago. And here we are. Here we finally are. That Witch Podcast is a, honestly, a very eclectic place. You are going to find a lot of different things all having to do with witchcraft and magic around here. So I'm so excited that you're here. Thank you so much for listening. This is really exciting. So what can you kind of expect around here? You can expect a whole lot of astrology. You can definitely, definitely always expect a whole lot of astrology. We're always going to talk about uh, the astro energy kind of coming up for the coming week or the coming season. And we're also going to talk about how to actually use astrology in your everyday life instead of it just being this obscure thing that you kind of hear about wherever you go. We're also going to talk some witchy business around here. All right. I am an entrepreneur. I'm the owner and founder of That Witch Next Door. And I love entrepreneurship. I started my first business with two of my best friends six years ago, Arcana Herbal Always, always, you can go find Arcana on Instagram or arcanaherbal.com. Make sure you go support. But recently, my life has taken some pretty major turns and I actually have moved on from Arcana and I am now devoting all of my time and energy into That Witch Next Door, which is really a place for passionate individuals to learn more about witchcraft, astrology, tarot, magic, and honestly, business. I love coaching and mentoring my clients in practical daily magic and applying it in their lives for personal growth. And I also love mentoring and coaching passionate entrepreneurs who either are just starting out becoming professional tarot readers or building their astrology business or are starting their very own witchy or mystical podcast um, or those that maybe have started their business. Maybe they've already started their podcast and they're struggling or they're trying to build their network or they're trying to find more support. You're in the right place. You're found you found your people. You found your person. So welcome, welcome, welcome. Now, this is That Witch Next Door. This is That Witch Podcast, which means here we talk about real magic for real life. This is my own personal life motto. Witchcraft and magic have absolutely transformed my life and taken me from such an empty, mindless type 
of existence, that type of day-to-day just numbing to get through to the next day type of existence to a completely mindful, intentional life that is filled with magic, that's filled with gratitude, and that is filled with growth and manifestation, of course. So you are going to find spells here, rituals here. You're going to hear some witchy news. You're probably going to hear some rants. You're probably going to find a lot of tips, tricks, and ideas, all that you can actually incorporate into your real life, not just looking at witchcraft like this cool external thing that, oh, wow, I really wish that I could do that, but I don't have the time or I don't know how or I don't know where to begin. Not anymore. You're in the right spot. So welcome. And because I am a devoted daughter of Hades, because I am a practicing death witch, and quite honestly, because my birthday is on October, is on October 30th, and I'm a huge Halloween head, you're going to find some paranormal stuff here. We're going to talk about spirit work here. We're going to talk about spirit divination here. Um, we're going to talk about respectful, you know, etiquette and mannerisms when it comes to contacting those across the veil. I want to hear your stories. I want to hear your experiences. I want to hear your myths, your legends, and I want to hear your questions. What kind of questions do you have for a death witch or other death witches out there? What kind of questions do you have about those, you know, who have had run-ins and experiences with ghosts and with spirits? So that is my big jumbled word vomit of what you can kind of expect on my podcast. and. With that being said, without further ado, let's dive into episode one. All right. So today is really overall going to be focused on, you guessed it, the full moon tomorrow. I really, at the end of the day, I'm a new moon gal. I'm a new moon witch pretty through and through. Um, This is a particularly cool full moon for a few reasons. But one reason that it really, really speaks to me is because this full moon is happening right on top of my natal north node placement in my personal astrological chart. Now, for those of you that don't know what a north node is, this is an area in your chart that indicates uh, life's purpose, a very, very deep, and strong soul calling, okay? This is in a very profound sense. This is where you are headed, okay? Your south node, it's always gonna be exactly 180 degrees away from your north node. So it's exactly across and opposite your north node on your chart. And this is in a very profound way where you've come from, your experience. It's a lot that you know. Now, I want you to really remember with South Node and North Node energy, there is very much a calling to really shed and release the anything that is no longer serving you in your South Node. All of those unevolved qualities, all of those things you've had to grow through, through that South Node experience, you're very much 
going to feel this need to and feel this calling to let go of those things in order to ascend and move forward toward your north node and toward your your highest truth and potential if you will that's that's very that's a pretty good description of a north node this north node um this north node this girl right here, me, Danny, my North Node is in Aquarius at two degrees. And this full moon tomorrow is in Aquarius at one degree. So because the full moon will be just one little tiny degree apart from my North Node, we astrologers call this energy conjunct. This is the merging of two placements, okay? And so even though I don't normally... Uh, feel super, super called to do full moon magic. It's something that I understand very well. I've worked with so many countless times in my practice. And honestly, long before I even knew I was practicing witchcraft, I was doing full moon rituals. <laughs> I think a lot of us share that same story in our past. <laughs> I think a lot of us could think of some pretty funny, awesome childhood or teenage stories of some makeshift full moon rituals we were doing before we knew it was a full moon ritual. <laughs> uh, but so this one really does resonate really strongly with me because it's merging with uh, my my individual soul's calling. And so for me, this is really why this particular full moon is resonating and why it's important for me as an individual. But this is also a really interesting full moon which is why I really wanted to focus on it for my first episode today. I think that a lot of people are going to feel very called and pulled towards this full moon. And the reason for that is we get two Aquarius full moons in a row. Two full moons in a row are both going to be in the sign of Aquarius. This first one is going to be at one degree of Aquarius. And the next full moon is going to be at 29 degrees of Aquarius. So right at the very, very beginning of the sign of Aquarius, tomorrow's full moon. And then right at the very end of the Aquarius sign and the Aquarius realm is where the next full moon is going to happen. So we're kind of experiencing this really cool journey. And I really want you to envision it that way. With this particular upcoming full moon to full moon cycle, I want you to really envision this as a journey through Aquarius and really through um, the scope of Leo, because that's where the sun is going to be. So let's see here. Let me organize my brain a tiny bit. I do have a Gemini Mars. And so I am a multitasker and a multi-passionate. So I take a lot of notes to keep myself on track, but strap in because we're going to get chatty around here. Okay, so this full moon, the first one at one degree of Aquarius happening tomorrow, Friday, July 23rd, we're really going to focus on this particular full moon. We'll kind of talk more about the actual journey of Aquarius and kind of our experience through Aquarius energy um, once we get to the next full moon. Now, I do want to clarify, especially, especially for beginners, the moon makes its way through all 12 signs of the zodiac 
every single lunar month, which is approximately 29-ish days, okay? When I say this first full moon is at one degree in the net of Aquarius and the next one is at 29 degrees of Aquarius, I want you to remember that the moon's gonna be, or the full moon tomorrow at one degree of Aquarius, then it's gonna make its way through all 12 signs of the zodiac and get back to Aquarius, but at 29 degrees for the next full moon on August 22nd. So focusing on tomorrow's full moon in Aquarius, Friday, July 23rd, let's talk a little bit about what this energy is going to look like, what to expect, and really the best way to work with and harness this particular full moon's energy. So starting tomorrow morning, the moon is still going to be in Capricorn, okay? Because this full moon is happening at a very, very tiny little baby, one degree, that means it's gonna spend a lot of time in Capricorn while it's very, very full before it gets to Aquarius and then hits its maximum fullness, if you will, okay? And so we are gonna talk a little bit about Capricorn energy and really more specifically the transition from Capricorn into Aquarius. This is every astrological transition like that from one sign to the next. There's a very important journey happening right there, okay? That transition in itself, so in this case, from Capricorn to Aquarius, there are a lot of lessons in that transition and a lot of things that we can learn and tap into through that transition. So starting tomorrow, the first lunar transit that I want to talk about is moon in Capricorn opposing Mercury in Cancer. This is going to be happening at 20 degrees. Next, we're going to see the moon in Capricorn sextile, Neptune retrograde in Pisces. Then, right before we finally move into Aquarius, the moon is going to be conjunct right on top of Pluto. Let's talk a little bit about what this means. What does this look like? So, moon in Capricorn... Let's get to know our character here a little bit. This is a really, really helpful way to understand transits, which can be crazy overwhelming and crazy complex. If you love and eat and breathe astrology, that can be really fun how complex it is. But if this is very new to you or it feels really, really overwhelming, let's break it down. The moon in Capricorn in general is a very, very wise and practical energy. The moon rules over our emotions and our emotional experience as well as our individual needs. And so when you put this characteristic and these qualities in the sign of Capricorn, here is where you're going to get a lot of practicality and basic logic you are going to get a ton of wisdom. Capricorn is known as the sage and Capricorn has a lot, a lot of experience under its belt. And this is the reason that Capricorns carry 
that very common stereotype of being like a badass boss, if you will, right? Climbing to the top, being very concerned with money and making money, um, things of this nature. That is because Capricorn has learned so much in its journey it's learned success as well. And it's developed a real passion for it. And it's developed this passion through building structures, through solving problems, through using its very practical and present earth nature um, to really create the most potential out of any given situation in front of them, okay? So this is very, very Capricorn energy. When you put this and cloak this over the moon, this is going to give us a wisdom that we absolutely can and should be tapping into. I think that because Capricorn can be this very, very cold and detached sign, partially because it is the sign that begins at the winter solstice, right? It's It takes place during the coldest part of the year. So Capricorn and Aquarius and beginning of Pisces, like these are the coldest signs because they take place uh, during the dead and middle of winter. So there is this going to be this detached nature, but I think that Capricorn and honestly, as well as Aquarius, kind of get this really rough, undeserved reputation that they have this inability to deal with their emotions, this inability to face their emotions. And I would agree that that might be found in very unevolved Capricorn energy, in very unevolved Aquarian energy. But when I am using the phrases that I am, I'm always going to be talking about the very evolved nature and the very evolved energy of these signs and of these planets and luminaries. And so when we think of evolved Capricorn, this is wisdom, this is practicality, and quite frankly, this is confidence. Capricorn and Aquarius house a very, very special type of confidence, in my opinion. I think that we hand the energy and idea of confidence to the fire signs more than anything, which makes a lot of sense. I think that our confidence is born through fire energy. I totally agree. However, this is a very different kind. This is a whole different scope or perspective of confidence. And yes, in unevolved cap energy and unevolved aqua energy, you can start to, you know, get into the realm of more self-righteousness. But really, this is a confidence and it comes from all that experience I was talking about that Capricorn has. Because we are in the last few of the signs of the zodiacal wheel, um, these last four signs, so Sagittarius, Capricorn, Aquarius, and Pisces, these are the final signs of each element in the zodiac, okay? And so this gives all of them this experience. And so this is where their special kind of confidence comes from. It's the only kind of confidence you can gain through getting through some shit. That's the kind of energy that this is. So when the moon in Capricorn starts off with this opposition and this face-off with 
Mercury in Cancer early tomorrow morning. This is setting actually a very nice tone for business interactions, financial discussions, really tapping into that wisdom and experience and practicality of Capricorn, very balanced and logical emotions, right? And this emotional process. And then we're facing off with Mercury in Cancer, which is very understanding, which is very empathetic, which honestly gets us to start getting beneath the surface and start talking about the deeper meaning of things. When we really have these two energies facing off with each other and therefore balancing each other out, this can provide really, really beautiful, or this can really pave the way for a beautiful, safe discussions around finances, around business. Okay. So this is a good time to start collaborating with other people. Um, this is a good time to, if maybe you need to start looking at your finances and really start restructuring your financial lifestyle, this is a really good time to do this because Mercury and Cancer is going to give you a lot of understanding, a lot of empathy. It's going to help remove judgment so that you can look at these things and then here comes the nice clarity, practicality of Capricorn. You can look at these things with a lot of logic and very effective problem solving skills. Quite honestly, that's one of the things that Capricorn is absolutely best at because it's a cardinal sign on top of this earthy practicality. It is very innovative. It is very, very creative. This is a great time for coming up with new ideas and new structures and redefining these areas of our, of our life. And even though business decisions, finances, and financial decisions, even though these can be really difficult or really uncomfortable situations or discussions, we've got that softness from cancer. And I don't mean softness in a weak way. I mean softness in understanding. I mean softness as in I'm not rigid and I have no give to me. I have give and flow to me because I am the water sign of cancer. Okay. Now, Moving on a little bit into our Capricorn moon journey, right? We're still a very, very full moon tomorrow morning. We're just not at peak fullness yet. And we're still in the sign of Capricorn. And the Capricorn moon is going to make its way and form a sextile with Neptune retrograde in Pisces. And this, my friends, is a very, very important part of this journey because we do have this practicality. We do have this logic from Capricorn. And then when it makes its way and makes a sextile or a collaborative aspect, okay, that's what we always want to think of when we think of sextile. This is a very collaborative energy. Um, Neptune retrograde in Pisces, people, this is a big change in energy. This is a big different whole perspective than a Capricorn moon, okay? Neptune in Pisces is kind of hard to describe, kind of hard to describe for a reason. Number one, Neptune is right at home in Pisces, okay? <clears throat> Neptune has been in Pisces for a while. Neptune's going to be in Pisces for a while. And like I said, this is its home sign. And 
When we think of Neptune, when we think of Pisces, I want you to really think of the ether. I want you to think of the void. I want you to think of spirit, spirituality, the collective consciousness, these very, very vague, very broad spiritual faith-based terms, okay? Because a lot of these come from Neptune and they're very much heightened in Pisces. Now, when we add that little retrograde spin onto it, because I did say Neptune is retrograde right now, any retrograde, regardless of which planet is in retrograde, any one of them, this is a time of slowing down, reviewing, reevaluating the area of life that this planet rules over, okay? And so Neptune being the ruler of dreams, of honestly ascended relationships, Neptune is the higher octave of the planet Venus. And so Venus houses a lot of our relationships. I don't want you to think of it as it's just the relationship planet because Venus is so much more than that. We'll talk about Venus soon, but just know Venus is so, so, so much more than that. Then you ascend even higher from Venus and this is the higher octave, which is Neptune. And this becomes like, the relationship, our relationship with God or spirit or the universe, whatever you call it. It's, it's that exactly. It's existentialism. It's our making sense of why we're here and who we are and what's our purpose. This is very Neptunian energy. This is very, very Pisces energy. Now, the name of the game when it comes to Neptune in Pisces is surrender. Okay. When you add a retrograde on top of that, I want you to think of that surrender energy as even more heightened. This is overall kind of a sleepy time. This is one of the sleepier, slower retrogrades because Neptune is this dreamy planet and because it's trying to get us to slow down and review all of these different deeper, deeper meanings of life and deeper meanings of the universe. Um, it's going to communicate a lot of those messages with us through our dreams. So we're going to feel a little naturally tired right now. If you have major Pisces placements, um, you're, this is going to be even more heightened for you right now. I have a Pisces moon and every Neptune retrograde just knocks me on my ass. I could sleep for 11 hours a day and feel like I didn't get enough sleep. So keep that in mind. But when we have a collaboration between a Capricorn moon and Neptune retrograde in Pisces, really the biggest, biggest lesson and outcome from this is Neptune gets practical, logical, productive Capricorn slow down a little to be a little more flexible Capricorn can be very rigid because it, it flows and understands through structure. And so Pisces Neptune retrograde really gets Capricorn to remember that sometimes you have to have a little wiggle room. You have to have a little bit of flexibility. And overall, biggest lesson of all, having that universal trust or faith in the divine and the universe. Okay. That concept of surrender. This can feel a little uncomfortable for Capricorn, uh, for the moon in Capricorn. 
especially if you have a Capricorn moon. This might be a little bit hard for you to do, but this sextile is going to really, really, if you allow it, if you quit white knuckling everything and you let yourself just let go just for a second, um, you will see that your trust will be rewarded. You will receive the messages from the universe, from your guides, from your ancestors. Sometimes Capricorn, even with all of that wisdom and sage, because it is so earth-driven, sometimes it needs the help of another sign and an aspect like this is perfect to get Capricorn to stand back up, roll its shoulders back, and look around. Remember the bigger picture here, the ultimate bigger picture. Ultimate, as meaning cosmic bigger picture. Not just, not just our larger community, not even just our globe, just the earth, even bigger. It gives us this cosmic zoom out, okay? And so this is all happening tomorrow morning. <laughs> then we have Capricorn moon. Finally, before we get into Aquarius, before we hit our peak fullness, the moon in Capricorn is going to be conjunct Pluto. Going to visit the underworld tomorrow morning. Now, the biggest advice, tip, energy, whatever you want to call it, is ultimate release. If you've ever done full moon work before, if you've ever studied any kind of moon magic before, that means you've read that in witchcraft, the full moon is a great time for release, right? We've we've all read that. Um, it's usually in a lot of chapter one of a lot of beginners' witches' books, quite honestly. The reason I am saying this is kind of like this ultimate release even more heightened is because of this little visit to the underworld before the moon gets full, uh, peak fullness. So at 29 degrees, or sorry, at 25 degrees of Capricorn, the moon is going to exactly merge with Pluto in Capricorn. And Pluto is the equivalent of the Greek god Hades, right? That I mentioned earlier as well. And this is also the Roman god of the underworld as well. When we think of the underworld, I do want you to think of death. I'm not going to lie. We're not going to shy around that, okay? When we think of Pluto, death is coming. Now, how'd that make you feel when I said that? What went to your head? What was the first place? Did you automatically panic about somebody in your life or maybe yourself? Do you only think about human life expiration, right? That's what a lot of us do tend to think about when we mention words like the underworld, God of the dead, um, Pluto, death is coming. Pretty, pretty automatically, as far as human nature goes, our brains are going to go to shit who's going to die. And this, my friends, is one of the biggest reasons why I want to have a podcast and why I want to talk about astrology and witchcraft and shadow work and death and all of these concepts because it is so much bigger and so much more profound than that. You know what? There are definitely going to be times where astrologically speaking, you'll be able to forecast or draw a parallel or a connection to a human death or some kind of life ending, right? 
some living things coming to an end. Because death is inevitable. We're all born and we all die. I'll tell you that right now. You're going to die. So am I. It's going to be all right. But we need to remember that death itself, people, listen to me, death itself, so much more than that. It is so much more and so much bigger than just a living thing ending. Okay. It is, it, I just, I can't even begin to explain enough. Release this whole big fat full moon release thing that you always learn about at the beginning of the chapter books. Like I said, that is death. That is death. That is laying something permanently to rest. Okay. And so when I forever now, okay, cause I'm going to say it a lot more times on this show. When I say death is coming, we're going to all do our best to start tapping into our emotional response and our natural thought patterns, right? And become more and more aware of these and go, hmm, why do I automatically go to the place of X, Y, or Z? What in me feels triggered when we talk about this? What are the potential reasons of why? Okay. And honestly, through this exploration, you'll probably start to find some things that you need to release, which brings us all back to Capricorn moon conjunct Capricorn Pluto. Yes. Now, I want you to really think about this. When I talk about release at the full moon, I do not want you to think of me as one of those generic opening chapters to moon magic or beginner witches books, okay? I want you to take all release and all death, all versions of it very seriously. So even though I want us to be more comfortable talking about the concept of death, I still really, really, really want to communicate the amount of respect here and the amount of sacredness here, quite honestly, okay? And so when we're talking about cutting cords and shadow work and release rituals, we're talking about death and it needs to be taken seriously, Don't just walk into your moon ritual and go, I release everything no longer serving me. You can do that. It works, you know, to an extent. But I'll tell you what's a lot more effective. It's not that just walking in and using that blank, vague phase or phrase, I release all that no longer serves me. It's not that that doesn't work. It's just that there is a more effective way to use it, which is, before you do your full moon ritual, because I know a ton of y'all are planning one, right? You're either, maybe you haven't planned it, but you know you're going to do something. It's the full moon tomorrow. You're feeling all this building energy. The full moon's going to happen in the evening. So in Denver, Colorado, the full moon will hit that one degree of Aquarius. At, there it is, 8.36 p.m. mountain time. And so whenever there's like a nighttime full moon, I feel like the energy is even more crazy because we spend all day long with that building and building and building waxing moon energy. And so you're going to feel hyped. I bet a lot of you are thinking about what am I going to do? I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Have you asked yourself this? What's your prep work going to be? I feel and see a lot, a lot of practitioners skip preparation before rituals. And it's so 
it is important. It's not the biggest necessity in the world. You could skip it. Like I was saying, you could skip it and, and show up to your full moon ritual and say, I release all that no longer serves me. Cool. Done. Dust the Cheeto dust off your hands and move on with your life. Awesome. If you are interested in more effective magic and more effective personal growth and work and manifestation, I recommend prep work before any ritual. Really similar to cleansing and prepping the space beforehand. This is kind of like mental and spiritual prep work that I find crazy beneficial before doing any kind of spell or any kind of ritual so that you go into it informed, informed by yourself and your intuition and informed by your guides. So I recommend sitting down with a deck, sitting down with a journal, honestly, even just sitting down with yourself in a quiet space, in a meditative space, even if this means having, um, sitting in a quiet room by yourself and having an out loud, quiet conversation with yourself, this is very, very effective. But somewhere, I want you to find a way to open the dialogue, okay? Before you do your full moon ritual, before you go to release anything, I want you to open up the dialogue. That dialogue is between you and spirit, you and your intuition, you and your spirit guides, okay? So every time I ever talk about opening up the connection or opening up the dialogue, this is what I'm talking about. When I say your spiritual team, I'm always talking about your intuition, your spirit guides, universe, spirit, right? Higher self, all of these things kind of rolled into what? That's your spiritual team, all of them looking out for you all the time. And because of this, it's really, really important to open up yourself to them before any of your rituals so that you're going into it really informed, like I said. What is it that's holding you back? What is it that needs to be released? Because I'll tell you one thing, most of us walk through every day feeling like a know-it-all, okay? Most of us kind of talk to ourselves that way in our brain. I know. I know what I need to let go. I know what my flaws are. I know my weaknesses are. I know my strengths are. I get it. I know that there's this thing and this is what I have to let go of. I challenge you though, because if you are a practitioner of tarot or astrology interpretation or any kind of divination, or if you've done any kind of shadow work, you know that there's usually a little bit more to the story. You know that once you actually dive in and open up that connection and listen to the messages that are going to come through for you, there's 99% of the time something you missed or something you never thought of before. And this is usually a really crucial missing piece, okay? It's the missing link. It's the puzzle piece. It's the key to the ritual right in front of you, if you will. And in this case, release ritual. So I am about to give you a very basic, but very, very effective full moon release spell. This is a very, this is kind of a perfect type of moon to do a release spell on, like I said, because of that one degree, the number one in numerology really represents new beginnings. That one degree also shows and represents we're at the beginning of this journey in Aquarius, like I talked about. And so this is 
a particularly good time for releasing because we are embarking on such a new journey because so many of us are stepping into very, very brand new versions of ourselves right now. It is really important that we genuinely do release all that is no longer serving us. And because Capricorn moon is stopping off at um, in the underworld before becoming a full moon at one degree in Aquarius, let's lay some shit to rest. Let's permanently lay some shit to rest so that we can step into our manifestation fresh, ready, and and open, right? Not bogged down, not being dragged down by all of these different stagnancies that are that are holding us back. So here comes a spell. You can pause this whenever you need. You can rewind this, but I would recommend getting out uh, like a pen and a paper if you want to take notes on any of this, especially if you are a beginner. Number one, before we get into the spell, before we get into the supplies, I'm going to take you through the prep work. And that means I have some prompts for you. All prep work is, like I said, is opening up the dialogue. And so prep work for me is a series of prompts or questions that I answer either in my journal or I assign these questions and pull tarot cards for them. Or again, I get into a meditative state and I ask these questions aloud to my higher self and I allow the answers to come through. Um, You can have a journal next to you and do automatic writing or (laughs) you can... Sit very still, and as you ask these questions, truly, what is the very, very first answer that comes up? What is that truth that bores its way through as soon as you ask the question and write it down, okay? it's That's kind of similar-ish to automatic writing, but instead of being in like a trance and just not paying attention to your hand, you're just trusting, radically trusting your intuition and writing down the first thing, okay? This is good practice for strengthening your intuition anyways. Here are some really good prep prompts for this particular Aquarius full moon release ritual. Which will, oh my God, I might have to start calling it that. Okay, number one. What is truly holding me back from moving forward? Number two. What old systems and patterns need restructuring? Number three. How can I use my highest truth? for the greater good. Number four, what is my greatest intellectual tool? And lastly, how can I best serve myself? So you can write these down. You can answer all of them. You can answer one or however many of them that you like. I just wanted to give you a little list to choose from, but by all means, use every single one of them, especially if you're going to do a spread. These are the types of questions that really get us in the headspace and in the mindset and in the energy of Capricorn moving into Aquarius and really preparing us for the start of this Aquarian journey we're going to embark on. And so, like I said, 
pull cards for these and then write down your thoughts. You can just straight journal out these prompts. You can sit and just have an allowed conversation with yourself or this conversation can take place completely in your mind during meditation, okay? No matter what, and you're gonna hear me say this till I am blue in the face on this show, please, please, please just always follow your intuition. I'm always going to provide guidelines. I'm always going to provide ideas, but they are always, always just a starting place. Now, once you've done some good prep work, you've opened up, you've listened to your guides, you're ready to understand exactly what it is that's holding you back, exactly what it is that you need to embrace you're ready to move into your full moon release ritual. Here's what you need. You need a piece of paper in some kind of color. You need a pen in some kind of color. And you need a candle in some kind of color. Number one, I want you to go as simple with this ritual or as complex and fancy and Pull out everything and all the stops as you want, okay? Wherever you fall in the spectrum, wherever your spiritual and physical and mental and emotional energy is falling tomorrow during the time of a ritual, go with it, okay? Because again, we're still being led by and guided by intuition here. I am going to really try on here not to suggest hard and fast like colors and numbers for things. And here's the reason why. I want you to start really developing your own self-study practice and habits. It is a major part of witchcraft, period. You can't get away from it. And I am seeing way, way, way too many new witches, regardless of how old they are, because I see it happen from new practitioners of literally all ages, think that they can skip this research part or think they can skip this self-study part. Sorry, no, no. That's like saying you're an astrologer and you don't study. Then you're not an astrologer because astrology is a study and a practice, just like witchcraft is a study and a practice. The the rituals that we're doing, the mindset work that we're doing, the different methodology in which we're practicing, all of these things are a study. They are meant to be analyzed by you and they are meant to be experienced and gone through, okay? You're going to start developing your own different styles during um, performing rituals and things like that. And that in itself is going to grow and develop and change over time. Don't judge yourself too much on what the ritual looked like, right? And the aesthetic and all of that. You can put as much effort into the aesthetic as you feel called to. I don't mean skip it altogether. Aesthetic can be a very, very powerful tool. I mean, don't let aesthetic hold you back. I don't, I mean, don't let the the idea and the notion that you're going to have to self-study hold you back. It's a part of it. And honestly, in my very strong um, opinion, a real witch is excited by the right research, okay? Because it means they're studying and practicing something that they're passionate about. And that's really all you should ever be doing in witchcraft. If it's not lighting your fire, why are you doing it? There's no other rules, right? There's, you know, we'll talk into ethical practicing as we go along. So there's, you know, there's ethical rules and guidelines and things like that. But in general, as far as your individual practice goes, 
it should be lighting your fire. It should make you excited. And if it doesn't, you shouldn't be practicing it. So if you want to practice witchcraft and you don't really have an interest in astrology, that's okay. If you want to practice witchcraft and you're not really into tarot, that's also okay. All right. Just find the thing that lights your fire. So my long little tangent, bringing us back to the ritual, as far as what color piece of paper, pen, and candle goes, I want you to look that up. It's super easy. It's a Google search away. What color is good for fill in the blank with your intention? Rebirth, happiness, money, business, relationships, right? You can start to Google these things and put magical colors associated with, and again, fill in the blank. Um, And this is how you're going to find blogs and websites that you like. This is going to help you find the ones that you don't like and that you don't resonate with. Um, And so I really, because especially because a release spell and a release ritual is seriously so, so, so individual. I really don't like giving a hard and fast suggestion on colors just because everyone's intention and whatever it is they're going to be letting go of in order to manifest, it's, it's going to be completely different from everyone's. So that's why in this, especially with a ritual like this, that's why that that prep work, that journaling and all those prompts and stuff, that's why that's super important and really, really helpful to do ahead of time. So that going into the actual spell, you're like, oh, well, because I just sat down with my deck and I know that I'm focusing on letting go, you know, my fear of lack of control and I'm going to be stepping into and manifesting my confidence and my trust and my abilities in the universe, right? Take these concepts, put these kind of keywords into into Google, confidence, letting go of scarcity, right? Things like that. Um, You'll start to find articles and web pages that will give you suggestions for colors. I will also include uh, my favorite resources in the description. Totally happy to do that. And if all else fails, always, no matter what, no matter what your research told you, no matter what, go with your gut and go with what you have. If you have the means and the desire to purchase new tools for your spell or your ritual, awesome. Go ahead. No one's stopping you. I am totally fine with that, with going and and spending the money to make something special. I just want you to also know that you can make things just as special with things that you already have at home. And so if you aren't a mom like me and you don't have a stack of colored construction paper at your disposal, which is kind of the handy part about having a really awesome craft corner, um... And I, you know, if I didn't have the means or the time or the energy to go get whatever color it was that I needed, I would use whatever paper I have at the house. I'd rip a piece of paper out of my notebook or take a piece out of my printer or whatever, okay? Um, you can also use uh, like bay leaves. There's, if, if you can write on it and burn it safely, uh, you can use it for this ritual. Be safe, okay? I'm not gonna go into the details of, what is good to burn and not burn. All right, please be smart. Now, same thing as far as pen ink color goes and same thing for the candle. Pen, if all else fails, use whatever pen that you have. Black is a great color to use for honestly, like any intention. White, 
good to use for like any intention. So if all you have is a piece of white paper and a black pen, boom, you're well on your way towards your releasing ritual. Candle. Candle, candle, candle. You can use one of those uh, single-use ritual candles. They're also called chime candles. They're usually like four to five inches tall, and they're usually around a half inch or so in diameter or thickness, and they come in every color of the rainbow. These are really handy to stock up on. They're very cheap, and they're very accessible. You can Google those online as well um, and try to support like a local witchcraft shop or witch boutique or whatever. Um, and if you don't have any near you where you live, Etsy is a really, really great place to go because you'll be supporting a small business. Now, that's really common, using these little individual ritual chime candles. If you want to use that, great. If you want to use a tea light, do it. If you want to use a pillar candle, do it. If you want to use a seven-day prayer candle, do it. If you don't have the means or the energy or the time to go buy a new candle and you are like, Danny, I've got this Bath and Body Works candle and it smells like this and it's like beige because it's brown sugar vanilla, right? Do they still even have that scent? I don't know, but um, that is fine. Use it. Is it a candle? Will it hold a flame? Boom, you're well on your way to doing witchcraft. You're well on your way to doing a candle spell. Use what you have. I cannot stress enough that that's what witchcraft has been through thousands and thousands of years is being resourceful and using what you have around you, okay? And so you don't have to go buy a special colored candle if you don't want to. You can use whichever one you want. So step one, write down your thoughts and feelings on this release, okay? This is really your prep work. I made it step number one so you wouldn't forget to skip it. Um, write all of this down. You want something written, if at all possible. If if you just hate when people tell you to write stuff down and you're not a pen and paper person, that's totally completely fine. Don't write it down. I just think that it's a very, very, very powerful tool when we take thoughts and feelings from the internal and make them external by putting them on paper or documenting them, okay? You could do this on your phone if you wanted to type them out instead of writing it down. But please do not burn your phone in a candle, okay? Or do, I don't really care. Be safe. Now, you've written things down. You're going into this ritual. You understand that you have a a pretty specific or general understanding of what it is that you're going into releasing, okay? And so you want to make sure the area around you is cleansed. You want to make sure uh, that you have called upon any energy that you want to assist you during this ritual. That might be a specific deity or multiple deities that you want to have with you. This might be the energy of certain planets you want to have with you. This might be specific certain ancestors or spirit guides or none. Maybe you just call spirit forth, okay? But if you do have any kind of energy that you want to bring into the space for assistance during this release ritual, now is the time to call upon them. Then if you did write down your thoughts, maybe you wrote down a specific statement, something like that, read or speak aloud into the flame, okay? I kept this really, really vague for a reason. Again, I really want you to just let 
this be an intuitive ritual. I don't want you to follow this rigid rigidly. There we go. And Capricorn's going to try and get you to be a little rigid about this. But I promise by the time we get into Aquarius, you'll feel a little more innovative and, and trust that. So if you have something written down from your prep work or, or anything that you've prepared, okay, now is a time to speak or read this aloud into the flame. At this point, you want to really focus and visualize and intentionally put all of your energy and everything you're releasing and everything you're working on into this flame, okay? Don't hurt your eyes. Don't stare into it if it's hurting your eyes. I just mean really focus on this flame energetically, right? And put all of this into that flame. And then it's time to burn, baby, burn. What are you releasing? This is where you should have written something down on the piece of paper, right? What is it you're letting go of and why? Why is letting go of this important? What's it going to bring you by by releasing it, okay? Things of this nature, again, things that should have kind of come up during the prompts anyways. Um, these are the things you want to read. They're on the paper. You fold it. Maybe you crumble it. Again, whatever feels like, you ignite it in the flame. And as this is smoking, everything is releasing, okay? No, while you're doing this ritual, no that that smoke and flame carries and holds your growth and your manifestation. These flames release previous burden. It releases you from any stagnant chains, okay? Know that the smoke and the flames are doing this for you because you sat there and put all of that energy into that candle flame, right? While you're watching the smoke, while you're watching the flames and the ashes kind of fly from the paper, right? I want you to see your growth and your manifestation. See it, feel it, taste, hear, smell it. Know this manifestation, know this energy. The moon is going to be at one degree of Aquarius and Aquarius is so forward thinking, it'll be easier to visualize than you think. I mean it. Even if you're like not a very visual person, give this a wholehearted try and effort, okay? Really allow yourself to experience what it is that you're stepping into. Feel physically, right? How it feels to let go of all that shit now that it's lifted off and burned away from you. Really relish in how wonderful and relieving and fresh and rejuvenating it feels to have let all of that go. Then I want you to say a big, big thank you. I want you to thank yourself. I want you to thank that whole spiritual team, okay? Thank the universe, your spirit guides, any deities that you welcomed with you. And I want you to say goodbye to everybody. You make sure you say all of that gratitude first. And then I want you to say goodbye. This is how we close the ritual officially. This is how we close that connection. This is how we close that door. It's a really, really important part of the ritual. You opened up at the very beginning. And it's important to close that circle. Okay. Once you have closed and said goodbye, 
You need to ground, okay? You really need to ground. The cool thing is that we spent most of the day in Capricorn. And so we spent most of the day feeling pretty grounded, most likely. Um, but because the peak of the full moon does happen in Aquarius, which is an air sign, and it is a very elevated air sign, we are going to be feeling very uprooted, okay? We're going to be kind of out in the cosmos, especially if you're doing a big ritual like this. And so after you've said thank you, after you've said goodbye, I really want you to ground your energy. We're going to have a whole episode talking about how to really do that. But for now, the simplest way is through visualization. Close your eyes, sit on the ground, If weather permitting, sit physically outside if at all possible, especially barefoot would be awesome. As close to the ground as you can get. If you can't go outside, get on the lowest floor possible. So if you have a basement that allows for you to be down there, that's a great place. But if you live in a high story apartment, that's okay. Sit on the floor in your apartment, sit on the floor in a safe space. Again, still try and be barefoot if you can. And really envision all of that energy that you just raised and worked up right with your spiritual team flowing out of you back into the earth. When we raise power during ritual, it's very important that we give that universal balance and we give it back. The universe is going to rectify this no matter what. It's going to balance out the energy. When we take and tap into the energy, it will naturally um, ebb and flow into us and then out of us. So when we intentionally tap into it, it's really important that we intentionally give it back. Um, Otherwise, if you don't ground after ritual and spell work, especially really big rituals like on a full moon when there's so much chaotic energy around you, you can just feel very out of sorts. Um, emotionally and physically and mentally, honestly, you can feel really scrambled, just not yourself. And you can feel very, very sick or even in pain. I am speaking from full-blown firsthand experience multiple times. Please don't forget to ground. You'll learn the hard way if not. So that's how, that's how I learned. So, um, and then lastly, the last step in all of this is to recover. Full moons are so draining. Even if you love full moons, even if you are here for that full moon energy, it's still a lot of energy and it's okay to admit that. And it's okay to actually allow ourselves rest and rejuvenation and recovery post full moon. Okay. It is the height of the lunar month. It's when the moon is at its highest, highest, most potent energy. Okay. And so naturally most of us are going to, even if you just feel very energetic, not necessarily wired, right? Not, you're not like tweaky or anything like that. Right. That's how I am around the full moon. I get like way too wired. Usually, even if you're a full moon person, no matter what, you got to remember this is heightened energy and you need to allow for a recovery period. And so after your ritual, especially the following day when the moon starts its descent back to the new moon, really allow yourself some recovery time, okay? I want you to practice even if it's the littlest, littlest bit of self-care for yourself, okay? A big release ritual like this where you just did some prep shadow work stuff and you released a lot of old version of yourself and you're stepping into a brand new version. Um, yeah, you're going to need a little more recovery 
than, than you normally might think that you do. Okay. So allow for that if you're able to in your schedule and in your to-do list the following day. Okay. The cool thing is, is that the full moon is on a Friday. So if you are somebody that has the weekends off, hopefully you are able to allow yourself this rest and rejuvenation and recovery post full moon ritual. Well, everybody, this is pretty fun. This is a good chunky little first episode. I think that we talked about a lot of good fun shit today. And I'm really excited to be releasing this first episode right before this full moon that really also represents so, so much of new beginnings. That's not a very grammatically proper sounding sentence, but that's okay. I, I'm really excited you're here. Thank you so, so, so much, um, for joining me for this first episode. You can find me, That Witch Danny, on Instagram at thatwitch.nextdoor. You can listen to this podcast on all of your favorite podcast listening apps and on my YouTube channel. You can listen to the episode and watch all my crazy, goofy hand movements and facial expressions. Um, so join me over on YouTube. Don't forget to subscribe and turn on the bell so that you never miss an episode or new videos. And thank you again so much. Until next week, I'll see you. Happy, happy full moon, everybody. Take care.